Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who's ready for some football? Yes, the long wait is almost over as we are now just two days away from kickoff between Michigan State and Central Michigan at Spartan Stadium. Very soon we can stop the speculation, stop the chatter, and talk about actual on-field results, something I know we are very much looking forward to. Uh, Welcome into episode 118 of MLive's Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion and Matt Wenzel with you on Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. And Matt, it's game week. We finally made it. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, feels like both uh, yesterday and uh, forever ago uh, left Penn State after uh, after uh, the season finale last year. But uh, yeah, let's uh, might as well get this going. We have a lot of uh, questions, and and Mel wasn't <laughs> answering uh, pretty much any of them. Um, so yeah, let's uh, we'll we'll find out Friday night. That was the most nothing burger press conference I can remember in a long time. He clearly does not want to tip his hand at all. Like literally not at all. The fact he did not mention a single one of his players by name over 18 minutes was actually quite impressive. Um, yeah, I'll get, I'll give him credit for that one. He was about to say a proper noun and he stopped himself. You know, he's yeah. just, no, 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 we're not naming names today. Uh, did you catch any of the football though last Saturday? I was, me and my dad watched the entirety of UTEP Western Kentucky. And I can say, or UTEP Jacksonville State, I think it was, yeah. Rich Rod's uh, return to D1. They get the win in the first game there. I'm like, Dad, have you ever watched the Conference USA game in its entirety? He's like, no, but you have now, you know, so. uh. I did not do the same. I put on the Notre Dame game for a few minutes, but it was ugly, and uh, I had uh, yard work to do, so uh, that one out in the uh, the last weekend before – Football for me really starts. Yeah, understandable. I was watching it all. That that Zachariah Branch kid from USC. Holy cow, man! I that freshman. I have not seen a guy look like that since Reggie Bush on that field. That was wild. So uh, I'm pumped. Football's back. We have games starting tomorrow. Obviously, Michigan State on Friday, and then you get the full slate on Saturday. I think there's three games on Sunday. We got one Monday. Uh, college football is definitely back, and that's that's pretty cool if you ask me. But. Uh, Coming up today, we'll obviously touch on the Michigan State-Central Michigan game. That's coming up a little bit later in the show. Before we get there, we do have to preview two more position groups uh, to run down real quickly. We've been kind of doing that through August. That would be the linebackers in the secondary, uh, two groups that you know will need to be strong for Michigan State to have success this season. I think we're a little bit more optimistic on the linebackers in the secondary, at least right now. So let's start there, Matt. I mean, this is a position I think that should be a strength. You've Presumably got two of your best players on your defense returning there in Jacoby Women and Cal Halliday, and then there's some nice depth behind them as well. 
Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, you know, this is an experienced group. Winman's back for his fifth year. Brulee's back for his sixth year. Halliday's a two-year starter. Led the Big Ten in tackles per game last season. So with those three, you've got a really solid group. Uh, Winman and Brulee also, you know, kind of specialize in, in being, uh, you know, getting after the quarterback, being edge rushers. Where the group does not have a, where the strength is not, is in, uh, you know, them uh, the linebackers in coverage. And we've seen that over the, the last few years. Uh, that's that's obviously been a concern. So that's something to look for. I mean, this should with the defensive line they have, um, you know, with the additions they've made, you know, this should be a, a better, a much better run defense. And that's where, you know, linebackers come in. But how they handle, uh, you know, tight ends or whoever in coverage is is still of, uh, of note. And and they have personnel questions. You know, we don't know about Darius Snow. Uh, is he going to be able to play this year? You know, he was a guy that going into last season, they thought, you know, this is our, you know, Swiss Army knife, you know, this guy on the defense that can help us in certain matchups, you know, after he moved from, you know, he was a DB or a safety in the nickel in 21. So can he get on the field? Can he be, you know, anything, you know, like the player he was, you know, going into last season when, when they were so high on him? And, you know, hopefully for Darius's sake, for his health and his future, he's able to return. Uh, but we don't know what, what that status is going into the season. Mao Teote. Uh, we don't know about him either. You know, he he had left uh, the spring, uh, open spring practice with appeared to be an arm injury. I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to go. Um, not to say that it's the arm injury, but, you know, it's going to be something else. So yeah, I think we had talked about this before. Maybe it was a question or whatever you had asked about the, you know, the odds Jordan Hall sees as part of the regular rotation. And I think back in like maybe the winter, the spring, I thought, yeah, it's probably unlikely. And now you think... I mean, if you look at it, yeah, he, you know, if Snow is not healthy enough to go, you know, if Ma isn't healthy enough to go, who's your number four? It's gonna, it's, it's gonna be Jordan Hall. I mean, like the guy, they like him a lot. He's, he is, you know, future captain, uh, written all over him. You know, multi-year starter, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, I, I would, I would, you know, not be surprised to see him contributing um, decently in this this season. I wonder if Darius, if part of that move to kind of make him more of the Swiss Army knife, you know, hybrid linebacker uh, safety type was because some of the other linebackers have struggled in coverage. You know, you would think that a, a safety type moving to linebacker would be stronger in coverage than other uh, than regular old linebackers. So I wonder if that's kind of what motivated that move last year. Yeah, I mean, he he is, a you know, got that skill set where, you know, he's he's big enough physical enough to go down there and you know put his head down in in the run game and he's athletic enough out there in coverage obviously being a nickel and a safety so yeah that was I, I don't know how much of a difference that made overall in Michigan State's defense last year you know him you know being lost for the season uh, in the opener uh, but clearly they missed him and they thought they you know they thought he was gonna you know be obviously very important it's hard for me to tell when I'm at the games on the field. And, you know, I think it's probably easier for you to kind of track personnel when you're up there in the press box. I mean, how does Michigan state has the two linebackers system, but they, they have three on the field quite a bit, or do they not? Like how often are there three linebackers on the field? At least, well, that's, you know, it all depends. So, you know, obviously it's a base four, two, five, but you know, they mix things up, you know, we saw more of, you know, the three linebacker sets against, you know, some run heavy teams, some bigger personnel teams, uh, you know, Michigan and um, I think they use three Illinois. So, I mean, it's it's week to week, game to game, you know, and, and situation, you know, you're going to see you'll continue to see, I'm sure, 
you know, on obvious pass rushing downs, Joe, you know, Jacoby Winman or Aaron Brule lined up as an edge rusher. Now, do you want to count that as a, as a linebacker? Not really, but so it, you know, it all depends on the matchup. So if you're if you're if they're playing a team that's spreading it four or five wide every down and, and getting up and down the field in a hurry, you're not gonna, you know, going with three three big linebackers is probably not something you're going to see a ton for up from them. Um, so yeah, it's all, it's, it all depends on the matchup and, and the down distance, all that stuff. Yeah. And then just three other guys to mention, probably not going to be in the rotation, but Aaron Alexander kid from Belleville transferred back into Michigan state. He's a red shirt freshman, Harold Joyner, former running back, I guess plays linebacker now, 60 year guy. And then Quavian Carter, red shirt freshman, probably not going to see a whole lot of those guys, at least in competitive game situations, but just more depth guys, I guess. That that would be my my expectation as well, or you know maybe special teams that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the linebackers. I mean, it's a position that obviously is huge on the defense, especially with just the two out there. Cal Halliday's been a tackling machine. We saw what women could do early in the season last year before the uh, off the field issues. So I think I think Winman especially is going to be one of those guys with a lot to prove. You know, he was getting a lot of buzz. Uh, you know, early part of the year, of the year last year. You know, what did he win like? defensive player of the week twice or something like that three times three he became the the first michigan state player named defensive player big 10 defensive player of the week uh you know three times in one season he had a national defensive player of the week yeah i mean jacoby got off to a hot start you know after making the switch from linebacker dn and the production cooled off a little bit and and then you know he moved back to linebacker and then obviously suspended for the last four games of the season um you know, we, we talked to him last week, I believe it was, and it was the first time, you know, he had made, he had been made available to the media by Michigan State since the, you know, the incident in the tunnel. And, uh, you know, he apologized for, you know, his, his actions, his role in it. And, you know, basically said, but, you know, that's in the past, you know, it's a new season. Uh, you know, he said that that's something he's going to live with for the rest of his life. So, um, you know, he obviously seemed like he took it seriously. Um, you know, the, he, he went through the court system, you know, the charges have been dropped and all that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's back for another year. He, he's got a chance to, to, to show what he, what he's got, you know, this is year five and he's been a lot of, a lot of, a lot of football, a lot of downs. So first time he missed games in his career and, and now he's, he's being able to get back and, um, in his last year and, and show what he can do as a linebacker. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So if linebackers kind of where we, I guess, know what to expect, we kind of know who's going to be on the field. You know, the secondary is kind of remade. It's obviously been a huge uh, concern area for Michigan State, really for most of Mel Tucker's tenure here, which is interesting since he's a former DB defensive guy. You'd think they would figure this out. Brought in Jim Salgado from the Buffalo Bills. So maybe that will help. But there's talent back here, Matt. But in terms of actually, you know, how it's going to translate onto the field, you know, th- there's some real questions here, particularly at safety. Yeah, this, you know, there's no sugarcoating it. The pass defense sucked the last couple of years. I mean, last in the nation in in uh, yards per game allowed in, in 21, which, you know, some will say is mis- can be misleading. You know, they, they that, that defense was a little bit bend but don't break. They would get stops in the red zone. Um, last year, no. I mean, they just – teams with a good passing attack with just – cut through them and there was little resistance and then teams were being able to run the ball with a lot more ease. So they didn't even have to throw the, I think it was like 200 some fewer pass attempts or something. I can't even remember. It was ridiculous, but um, yeah, uh, this is gonna, it's going to be interesting um, because you know, that 
capacity was bad last year and they lost their veterans. They lost, you know, Xavier Henderson and Kendall Brooks at safety lose, uh, you know, Amir speed and, and uh, Ronald Williams at corner. And it's going to be a lot younger. I, I think this is going to be, you know, they added some transfers. Uh, you know, you got uh, Samar Melvin, a corner from, from uh, uh, Wisconsin, Terry Roberts, a corner from Miami, I guess <laughs> he spent five years at Iowa and, a cup of coffee down in uh, in Miami, South Florida, um, and then Marion Smith, uh, safety from Cincinnati. These are guys with experience. Um, how much we're going to see of them, I don't know. I mean, Brant Charles Brantley returns after as your your top corner. Um, it would seem hopefully you know if he's we'll see if he's physically ready to go because you know injuries have been a problem for him. He's He's not the biggest guy. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what they listed him at, but uh, it's generous. Uh, Who are you talking about? Charles Brantley. Charles Brantley. Yeah. They got him at uh, six foot one seventy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that one seventy is accurate, but um, you know, he's <laughs> you know he's a guy that they they've liked a lot. You know, he spent five seconds in the portal after spring practice, but you know, he's you figure the number one corner, and after that, it's you know. A little unclear, uh, to say the least. You have, you know, a guy like Marquis Lowry, who's looked good at times, um, former Louisville transfer, but injuries have been a problem for them. For him, he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Dylan Tatum, kind of played all over the place in the secondary in the defense last year as a true freshman. Started the season finale at corner when they you know, were so shorthanded. He's now back at corner, but you know, he obviously has the ability to play multiple positions. So uh, you know, you figure you can pencil. Brantley in as a starter, probably. And then is it going to be another, you know, is it going to be, you know, Terry Roberts or one of these transfers? Or are they going to go, you know, youth and, and you know, Tatum or, or whoever? It, it's it's just a little unclear. But, um, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be interesting. Then Nickel, you think, you know, that's probably Angelo Gross's best spot. You know, he's got experience there. And, you know, he's safety too. But safety didn't really go so well last year. Um, then, then at safety, I think you're going to have two, two second year players starting there in, um, Jaden Mangum and, and Malik Spencer, who both got on the field last year. Mangum even made some starts and, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be young. Um, so, you know, it could, uh, it could definitely, uh, be a defense that, uh, a secondary that takes its lumps, but maybe, you know, if you can see some promise from, uh, these young guys moving ahead that would give you something to uh, you know, the fans to feel good about coaching staff uh, moving forward. I, I'm excited about Mangum and Spencer. I mean, I, I like both of their styles of play. I, you know, Spencer comes from Buford. Who's just, you know, they put out division one players. Like it's like nothing, you know, I, I mean, they, I think they have like half their team is D one recruits maybe. Um, so, you know, I know he's a guy that Mel Tucker liked really from signing day and I'm not surprised to see him on the field early. Mangum, I think we saw some flashes last year. And then if this wasn't, you know, a microcosm of Michigan State's entire season, you know, Mangum starts making some plays and then what happens? He gets injured, you know, that kind of scared. Was that the Ohio State game that he got injured in? Yeah, or, yeah yep. that kind of yep. scary injury. So that that just kind of was how it was for Michigan State last year. They'd have something good happen and then, oh, injury or, you know, something happens. But I'm excited about those two. I'm excited about Dylan Tatum's versatility. I guess, I don't know, like I'm not as scared that they lost so many veterans because the secondary wasn't good. You just ran it down. So, you know, you put these young guys in there. Yeah. And experience, but you know, maybe they just go out there and play with their hair on fire. You know, maybe they just go out there and make plays and play football. Maybe it goes bad. Who knows, but it can't get much worse than it has been. 
So I guess I'm just well, like, throw them out there. Let's go. That was uh, last year at media, Big Ten Media Days. Mel joked, uh, well, it can't get, you know, can't get any worse. We finished dead ass last. And so asked him about that this year at Media Days. And he joked and he said, that's why I hired Jimmy Salgado, because I made it worse. As Mel was coaching <laughs> corners last year. So, yeah, I don't, it'll it'll be an adventure in the uh, the back end of the defense this season. For sure. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously they have to be better. I mean, they, you know, it, it starts up front. That's where the strength's supposed to be. So hopefully they can get a little bit more pressure and stop the run. So to, to actually give the secondary a chance. But I'd just like to see them play a more aggressive style on defense. Uh, too, too often, and you mentioned it a couple years ago, the bend don't break style, where they would make like an opportunistic red zone interception or force a fumble or something. Didn't happen last year. And it just seemed a little bit too passive to me i'd like to see them be a little bit more aggressive but. one thing that didn't happen last year is interceptions i mean how do you go the whole season with only two interceptions and only one of them is a member belong is from a member of your secondary uh yeah. so yeah they're gonna, <laughs> gonna gonna have to up that total a little bit uh, this year to be uh, successful do you want to do a quick special teams corner and then we'll get to the game preview absolutely <laughs> absolutely i got that I asked Mel about the quarterback situation on Monday and he shot that down very quickly. And when I got the mic back, I, I said, I, I, it's not a quarterback question. He said, what you kicker punter. And I said, exactly. And I got nothing out of that one as well. So yeah, it's, you know, we all know what Bryce Beringer did last year. They're going to miss him. That's not even a, not even a question mark They're You know, they're, they're going to, you're going to you're going to remember what it's like uh, to have a guy like that back at punter that you just knew could flip the field. And it was just about as reliable as it gets. And he just won the uh, starting job for the uh, the Patriots. So uh, good for Bryce. Amazing story. And the guy sticking that out is remarkable what he did. Anywho, <laughs> the uh, situation at punter is not ideal. Uh, Ryan Eckley had one punt for 41 yards, the true freshman last year. They brought in uh, Ohio State grad transfer Michael Shaughnessy, who had only one punt for 41 yards uh, in four seasons with uh, Ohio State. So not much uh, to go on there. Um, then at kicker, it's another big question mark. They they were bad last year. I mean, we, we've gone over this before, but, you know, Ben Patton and Jack Stone uh, went six for 12. Patton had missed four inside of 40 yards, including that chip shot against Indiana that you know, cost him a bull bid. Um, those two both moved on. Stone transferred to Baylor. Patton's college career is over. Uh, Steven Resnack is uh, rusty, as Mel calls him. He, he's back. He, he's gotten, you know, PAT attempts in the past. Uh, he's only attempted one college field goal, and he missed that. I believe that was at Purdue in 2021 when Coglin, uh, that mysterious injury, came up. Uh, and then there's uh, North Carolina grad transfer Jonathan Kim, who is also hasn't made a college field goal. He's got a big leg. Uh, he led the nation in like touchbacks uh, in 2020, I think. So big leg, but you, you don't have a kicker on your roster that's made a field goal in college. That's uh, not great, I, I would say. So uh, I guess the, the one thing about special teams that you would like is that uh, though to feel confident in is Hank Pepper's healthy again, so you've got your starting scholarship long snapper. And as we saw last season, uh, what happens when when Pepper is out uh, can get uh, really uh, dicey. Yeah, nobody notices the long snapper until he's not there. And then it's like, oh, what are we doing here? Uh, and then yeah. what is Tyrell Henry lined up to be the returner? 
Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that would be my guess. You know, he was your, their top kick returner last year. Um, last time we talked to him, you know, he was also working punts. So I would expect him to be back there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Elante Brown, uh, the the uh, Nebraska transfer receiver back there. He, he has experience returning kicks. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it could be interesting. Uh, I think Dylan Tatum at one point said he was uh, working on being a returner. So, uh, I don't know. I, I would expect Henry to be the top guy there. That would make sense. And Tatum played running back and stuff in high school. So, or he was kind of just an athlete. He was all over the place there at West Bloomfield. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. But special teams will have to be better. Uh, I mean, special teams can win and lose games. We saw it. It cost them a bowl last year. You just said it. So, uh, hey, their, their special teams were really good in 21 for the mo- until – Coughlin got hurt and the, you know, they field goal situation was dicey. Um, and they were bad last year outside of Barringer, outside of punting the best thing they did all year. <laughs> yeah. And congrats to Bryce. That's cool that he uh, won the Patriots job. We'll be seeing him on Sundays and I know all of Spartan nation is rooting him on. So uh, let's talk about a game, Matt. I'm sick of all this speculation and talking about players. Let's, I mean, I guess it's still speculation until the game starts, but uh, Hey, Michigan State, Central Michigan, 7 p.m. Friday night. The game will be on Fox Sports 1 for those of you who can't make it to the stadium. Michigan State is 8-3 and three all time against Central Michigan. They've won the last four following a shocking loss in 2009. I was at that game. That was not pleasant, uh, but it was. it is what it is. Michigan State is a 14.5-point favorite. The over-under is 45.5, so not expecting a ton of fireworks here. Uh, Central Michigan, 4-8 and eight last year, which was, a, I know Jim McElwain called that a, an incredibly disappointing season. Struggled with some injuries, struggled with consistency, um, but uh, I know they're expecting more this year. Most preview magazines have Central Michigan as kind of like a middle-of-the-pack MAC team with the potential to potentially uh, go a little higher because the Chippewas always seem to have uh, some pretty good talent, at least by MAC standards. So, you know, it's Central Michigan. It's an in-state uh, directional school. Michigan State is going to be expected to handle business here, but uh, as we've seen in the past, Central Michigan both in 09 and then twice – in the early 90s, which I know you, you kind of poked Courtney Hawkins about that. Maybe you can share some of that, but uh, they've gotten them three times. So I'm sure Mel Tucker will have these guys ready to go. And I'm sure they know that this isn't a team to overlook. Yeah, I mean, Mel said it on Monday. He said, we're, we're not good enough to overlook teams. We never have been. We never never will be. So, yeah, you can't overlook uh, Central. I, you know, I don't think they have the playmakers necessary on offense, but, you know, the hell do I know? The season hasn't started yet. but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, another media member asked uh, Courtney Hawkins, Michigan State's wide receivers coach, former obviously star for the Spartans, uh, about the 1991 game, and he, you know, like shook his head and laughed. And he's like, "I just knew I was going to hear about that." So he says he doesn't remember anything from that game really. He said sometimes you just you know wipe stuff away and uh, whatever. He just said uh, they were a better team that day. So clearly, yeah, I mean they'll have them. They'll have these guys ready to go. I mean. You're coming off a five and seven. You're about to start, you know, at home under the lights. If you aren't ready to go, I don't, I don't care who you're playing. You can bring in, you know, some JV team from, you know, somewhere outside of Lansing. I, I mean, if they have a problem being motivated for the opener and and not and you know, not overlooking Central, I, I, I don't see that. Uh, so as far as central Michigan, there's a lot of unknown with them as well. I mean, I was kind of looking into them and obviously tracked the Mac pretty closely, but, uh, you know, they haven't unveiled their quarterback. It could be Jace Bauer. It could be Bert Emanuel. Both are dual threat guys. Uh, you know, Jace Bauer, probably the better thrower, but also has some rushing ability. And then Bert Emanuel's just like a straight game breaker back there. I mean, he's an athlete that can absolutely make plays and hurt you if you give him enough time. 
running back again, Marion Lukes, uh, and, um, what is it? Miles Bailey is who we're looking at at running back. Mich- Central Michigan wants to run the ball. That's McElwain's MO. Obviously, they had Lou Nichols a couple years ago. Went for, you know, I think he was the leading rusher in the country for a while there. Uh, he he ended up, he finished the season ahead of Kenneth Walker as the nation's leading rusher. Right. Oh, yeah, because we had both in of them 21. in the state of Michigan. Yeah, that, that's yep. how that went. And then somehow he wasn't even a Doak Walker finalist. I'm talking about Lou Nichols. Like, come on, give him a semifinalist or something. Like, I hate when they they scam G5 guys like that. But the point is, Central Michigan wants to run the ball on offense. So uh, we'll see that if that revamped D-line linebacking core can hold up. They better hold up against Central Michigan or it's gonna be, they're going to be in trouble. Um, and then defensively, you know, Central brings back nine starters. They've... Uh, They've got a lot of, um, you know, experience returning. They have an all-conference guy on the D-line. They have an all-conference guy in the secondary. They also struggled to force turnovers last year as well, though, uh, only like nine all season, which is better than Michigan State, I guess. But, uh, again, you know, it, it, I guess if Michigan State is having trouble moving the ball, you know, I'm watching the line. I think we have a question that kind of relates to this. I'm watching the line, Matt, because – if the line isn't making Central Michigan and Richmond move early in the year, then I'm going to be pretty uh, pretty concerned. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, Central returns nine nine starters on defense. You know, they got some they got some guys um, probably a little more settled on the defensive side of the ball than, than offensively. But yeah, if you if you can't move the ball and you can't stop the run against Central. That's not going to inspire much confidence uh, coming out of week one. So they're going to have to win up front. And, you know, I, it's cliche, you said it a million times, but they lost up front both sides of the ball last year, and that played heavily in, in their uh, five and seven record. So you're going to, you're going to, you're them. You're, you want to be dominant uh, at the point of attack on Friday night, obviously. Yeah, we did get a question kind of along those lines from a, a listener. You know, what would cause you the most disappointment Saturday morning? O-line could not control the line of scrimmage. DBs could not cover CMU receivers. Or none of the QBs looked like they belonged in the Big Ten. I would go with the first one personally. But uh, I, I would, I, I like the question. I would just rephrase it because, I mean, I'm a media member. I don't care. <laughs> disappointment is not a – I'd be disappointed if the game doesn't start on time and goes to overtime. That's about <laughs> – where, I, where I'm at. So um, I would say if you fr- flip, change the question and say concern, yeah, I would go with if the offensive line can't, can't do that. Uh, yeah, that would, that would certainly be there outside of the obvious number four, the concern would be if they lost the game, but uh, yeah, number, number one, where the, uh, where the offensive lines at is, is where I would uh, definitely start for the highest level of concern if, if they're not able to do that. All right, so yeah, that's Central Michigan and Michigan State. I mean, it's going to be obviously a season opener. It'll, it'll be a good scene there at Spartan Stadium. Uh, I know the fans will be fired up. I think it's another strike the stadium game for the opener, so I'll have to dig my white shirt out of there. Um, but, you know, it's the opener. Everyone will be fired up. I know the players are. It'll just be great to be back in Spartan Stadium, and we will very much be looking forward to it. Uh, I think Kyle's going to jump on here, though. My I, Someone's talking in my ear right now telling me that we might have breaking news uh, coming off the pipe here. But, <laughs> hey, Kyle, what's up? Happy football season. That's, a, that's an excellent local news uh, impression. <laughs> yeah, I had, had to set out the football talk. Sorry, I'm sure you guys handled it well. But had a little – uh, breaking basketball news on a, on a Wednesday morning. The um, Michigan State and Tennessee are going to play a charity exhibition game this year. Uh, Sunday, October 29th will be the date at the Breslin Center. Um, so these teams are already, just for the background, these teams were already going to play uh, a scrimmage this year, which was known. 
Um, but basically, they're flipping it from a closed scrimmage, which is no fans, no media, no information, to a public charity exhibition, which means fans can sell tickets. There's expected to be some sort of broadcast. I expect it to probably be streaming, but you'll be able to watch it. Um, media will get to go um, like a full-on game. And uh, I think it'll be a really cool sneak peek for Michigan State. The Tennessee's uh, expected to be a top 10 team like Michigan State. So a really good matchup. Um, and it, it's all benefiting, I should say, the um, uh, Maui Relief Fund. Um, so obviously the wildfires there. Um, Maui kind of has a special place for a lot of college basketball folks because of the Maui Invitational um, so hopefully going to raise a lot of money for that, uh, give fans a chance to see, um, a little sneak peek at Michigan state. So it should be good. I've got a question. Why the hell don't they do this instead? Every time, instead of these close scrimmages that they act are like state secrets or they can't even acknowledge, like, I know the paranoia level of, of football coaches not wanting to give everybody a look, but come on, the basketball season's pretty long. You know what you got for the most part, you know? So I, I don't know. I just don't understand why you don't do something like this as opposed to this, you know, the close scrimmage stuff. Because you can get exposed <laughs> in a scrimmage. <laughs> probably um, the easiest answer I'd give. I mean, I, I honestly think some coaches don't want their team seen publicly uh, beforehand, especially if they're playing a good team like Tennessee. Like I, I heard they did okay last year, but I heard there were some not great moments uh, in the Tennessee scrimmage last year. Um, so the fact that Michigan State's willing to do this, I mean, I think shows that they have a good team. Um, I, I think the other benefit is there is not a marquee non-conference team coming to Michigan, coming to the Breslin Center uh, this year. Um, they're, they're expected to play Baylor and Detroit, so that's kind of um, a, a home marquee game. But this, I mean, this brings, it's an exhibition. I mean, it won't count, but it will bring a good team to the Breslin Center um, locally, which is good too. Kyle, how dare you talk about Indiana State like that? That's Larry Bird's team that you're talking about there. So uh, I'm excited they're doing that. I mean, we can the whole the full schedule should probably drop here pretty soon, and we can do a full breakdown. But yeah, Indiana State they're going to play them for the first time since the 1979 Final Four, the the famed uh, Magic uh, Bird game, um, which I I can't believe they haven't done it um, since then. Uh, But about time. um, uh, Hopefully, they do some sort of reunion too. Maybe we'll get Larry Bird in the Bryson. That'd be fun. Got to, got to, he's got to be there, man. He has to like, you can't let this opportunity pass, but (laughs) I'm excited. This is great news. I mean, yeah, I remember the scrimmage. They didn't have Aikens or Hall in that scrimmage though, did they? So I am not last year. I don't think they had either. No, Um, no, Aikens they had, he didn't get hurt until, um, no, no, they didn't have late Aikens. They had Hall. Hall didn't get hurt until later. Okay. Um, But yeah, I mean, they they feel good. They wouldn't do this if they had, um, if they didn't feel good about what was was happening. So cool. Well, not only is it the eve of the football, yeah, eve of college football, I guess proper, but uh, we also got some basketball news there. A little surprise breaking news, surprise appearance from Kyle Austin there. So uh, thanks, Kyle. I'm glad you jumped on and, and shared that news with us because uh, we would have had to wait till next week and it would have been overshadowed by football. So there you go. A cool opportunity for the fans. And I'm sure there'll be more details online at MLive.com. But that's going to do it for today's episode of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. We are officially ready for the season. We've ran down all the position groups. We've previewed the Central Michigan game. All that's left to do is to kick the ball off and get this thing started. So all three of us will be there on Friday night. I'm sure plenty of our closest friends will as well. So for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening. We'll see you at Spartan Stadium and go green.